This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord. Praise. Let's give the Lord praise in the house. Thank you, Jesus. We expect it. God is going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh and His Son, His sons and daughters tonight. I want you to know, family, if you were not here this morning, I want you to know how much I love you, I care for you. I'm so honored to be your pastor's wife. I'm so honored to serve you. I'm so honored that you would join us tonight. We are connected together. We grow together. We take our next steps together and we'll be together until Jesus comes again. In Jesus' name. Father, tonight we stand in your presence, sir, and we're so grateful. We're so grateful for today. We thank you, Father, we've got breath in our lungs. We thank you, Father, we're healthy. We thank you, Father, we've got the mind of Christ. We thank you, Father, we can worship you. We thank you, Father, for a free country. We still can lift up the name of Jesus and freely honor you and worship you. We thank you for giving us a precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you'll rise up big, big within me now and think through my mind and speak through my lips of claim. I declare I'm a servant ready to be used by the master tonight. I thank you, Father. I'll speak your word boldly and clearly and accurately carried by the wind of the spirit. I thank you, Father, your people be encouraged, motivated, exhorted and built up, Father, and empowered to do your will and therefore be successful. I thank you, Father, that we at Christian Family Church, we're not only hearers of the word, but Father, we doers of the word, and therefore we have good success in life. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, I'm a doer of the word. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking at a doer of the word, and you may be seated. The title of my message tonight, family, is, let the church give the Holy Spirit his freedom. Let the church give the Holy Spirit his freedom. Glory to God. At the turn of the century, in 1906, a man by the name of William Seymour, he gathered in an upper room together with other men and women, and they were hungry for a move of God. They wanted more of God. They were sort of seeking his face, and they started to pray and to fast and seek the face of God. They were in Los Angeles in a street called Azusa Street. Has anyone ever heard about Azusa Street Revival? They knew there was something more uh, to God than what they were experiencing, and they wanted more of God. How many of us in the house tonight say, we want more of God? We want a fresh touch of His anointing. We want to walk in the boldness that He has for us. We want to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles. We want more of God. So one day after they'd been praying for weeks, the power of God, the glory of God, and the anointing of God, of the Holy Spirit, came into the room. And they experienced what we call being filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And they began to speak in other tongues. And when they began to speak in other tongues, then one day a mighty revival broke out from that upper room, from the one group of people who were so desperate for God to touch them. The revival from that upper room swept throughout the nation of America. In fact, all the Pentecostal denominations came out of that event. The assemblies of God came out of that event. The church of God was born out of that event. Smith Wigglesworth was alive at that time. And then in the 1940s, there was a revival of healing. 
and that swept across the nation and across the world. Revivals were held in big tent meetings. And how many of you remember Oral Roberts? Have you remember him? How many of you have ever heard of Jacko or A.A. Allen or Brother Shambach? And many others and evangelists came forward at that time. It was a time when a season where everyone seemed to get healed so easily. And the church was operating mainly in the gifts of the Spirit. But because, and listen to this, because the church did not have the understanding of the word, there was a lot of excess. The church depended more on the feeling realm than on the balance of having the word and the spirit. Today, there's a lot of excess in the body of Christ where we see different groups going in excess. Pastors telling their congregation to eat grass is excess. It's not in the Bible. Pastors saying they are on the phone to God is not in the Bible. Pastors selling tickets to heaven is not in the Bible. Pastors baptizing their people with a Fanta and Coke is not in the Bible. In fact, that's crazy. It's all crazy, crazy, crazy. It's not in the Bible. It's excess. And you know why they're going off? It's because they don't have a solid foundation of the Word. Thank God we have a solid foundation of the Word. When you have a solid foundation of the Word, you won't go into excess. Then in the 1960s, the Lord began to have a teaching revival, and he raised up teachers across the world to teach the body of Christ. How many of you have heard Kenneth Hagin? Brother Kenneth Hagin, he was born at that time, and he was raised up to teach the body of Christ. But what a teacher does is quite different to an evangelist or a preacher. A preacher or an evangelist, they preach, they exhort, they proclaim. That's me. I like to exhort I like to preach, I like to proclaim, I like to exhort. But a teacher explains. The, ex the evangelist exhorts you to do what you need to do, but the teacher will tell you how to do it. The teacher has a revelation of the word. The teacher has an understanding of the word, and that's why we desperately need good teachers in the body of Christ today. Now, Dr. Theo is a teacher, but his first function in the body of Christ, he's an apostle first and a teacher second. I'm a preacher and evangelist. I'm, apostle Theo says, I'm a cheerleader. I will tell you, you can do it. You can rise on top. You'll be victorious. He said, but he's a coach. I cannot tell someone who's going the wrong path, keep going, keep going, keep going. But then a teacher will say, hey, you're going down the wrong path. Take a turn. That's the right path. So that's the difference. So that's why you need me and him. <laughs> now, what is God beginning to do now? Today, I believe there's a move of the Holy Spirit. There's a teaching of the Word of God and simultaneous, simultaneous, Simultaneously, we have the moving of the Holy Spirit. So now we have a combination which is so powerful. We have the Word and the Spirit. The Word of God will teach us what the Holy Spirit is doing and how He is doing it and why He is doing it. The Lord Jesus told Kenneth Hagin to have Holy Spirit meetings. And that is what we're having tonight. We are having a Holy Spirit meeting. 
God spoke to Kenneth Hagin and said, if you do not have Holy Spirit meetings, the generation will miss out and will not understand how the Spirit of God moves. They will not understand about the ministry of the precious Holy Spirit. We will not stifle the precious Holy Spirit in this church. We will not box him in. We will give him freedom to move in our church. Glory to God. So what is a, what is a Holy Spirit meeting? Well, it is where the Word of God is taught about the Holy Spirit. And then we allow the Holy Spirit to have freedom to operate in the meeting. Now we know if we want a healing meeting, then we'll talk about healing. We'll preach on healing. Then signs, wonders, follow the, the word on healing, and you'll have people healed. If we want to, people to prosper, we'll teach them on prosperity, because whatever we teach from the pulpit, that will be, follow the word. So, but if you want to have a Holy Spirit meeting like we're doing tonight, we have to preach about the move of the Holy Spirit. We have to preach about the ministry and the move of God. When we preach about the precious Holy Spirit and the move of God, we will see signs, wonders, because they always confirm the word. So tonight I want you to expect signs, wonders, and the supernatural and miracles to take place in this meeting in your lives because the signs and wonders confirm the Word of God. Open your heart, be expectant, because God has something special for you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Acts 2.1 says on the day of Pentecost, seven weeks after Jesus' resurrection, the believers were meeting together in one place, just like we are today. We are in one place. Now, Pentecost was also called the Feast of Weeks. In the Old Testament, it was one of three major annual feasts. It was a festival of thanksgiving because of all the harvested crops. Jesus told the disciples in Acts 1 that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came on them. And that is why when they were in the upper room, they were waiting, they were waiting to receive the power of God. So Pentecost in the Old Testament is a shadow of speaking in tongues. Acts 1.8, but when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power. Did you hear that, family? When we have the Holy Spirit on us, we will receive power. And you will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what did the Holy Spirit give them? The Holy Spirit gave them courage. The Holy Spirit gave them boldness. The Holy Spirit gave them confidence. The Holy Spirit gave them insight and ability and authority. And the disciples needed this to fulfill their ministry and their mission in life. <clears throat> and we need that today. We need boldness. We need confidence. We need courage. We need insight. We need authority in our mission today. We need to walk in the power of God. God. So remember when Jesus was taken to the high priest and Peter sat with the guards and he warmed himself by the fire while the Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. Now Peter was in the courtyard below and one of the servant girls of the high priest came to Peter and said in Mark 14, 67, and when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you also were with Jesus of Nazareth. 68a says, but he denied it. I, know, I neither know nor understand what you're talking, what you're saying. 
Verse 69 says, And the servant girl saw him again and began to say those to those who stood by, This is one of them. But look how we find that Peter denies it. He didn't have the courage, he didn't have the boldness to say to the servant girl, Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus and you can be too. He didn't say if you knew Jesus, you would know what he could do for you. He could change your life forever. But he never said anything except he denied that he was with Jesus. And then in Acts 2, verse 1 and 4, we picture the disciples now. They're in the upper room. They're overcome with the presence of God. So much so that they go down in the streets. They're still overcome by the Spirit of God. That the, a crowd gathers around them. They're bewildered. They look at each other because now the, the disciples are speaking in their own languages. They thought, what in the world is going on here? So they, they were bewildered. And another translation says they were amazed at what was going on. So people... We're from all over the known world for the Feast of Pentecost. Remember when we had the world soccer here? Everybody came from all over the world to come and see our world soccer. That's just like it was in the Feast of Pentecost. Everybody from the known world would come to the Feast of Pentecost. And in Acts 2.7, it says, And utterly amazed, they, they asked, Are not these men who are speaking Galileans? Are you putting my scriptures up? We my scriptures. Acts 2.8 says, And how is it that each of us hears them in their own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Perga and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Serene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. They were speaking out and declaring the wonders of God in the different languages. And they were amazed and they were perplexed. And they asked one another, what in the world does this mean? Verse 13 says, some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. And so the people asked if they drank too much wine, suggests family that they look drunk. Right? So perhaps it's safe to say that these disciples look like drunk people. So let's have a look at some characteristics of a drunk person. We know that drunk people get very loud, right? They lose their inhibitions. They don't care. They're so carefree. They're outspoken. They're loud. Everything is funny to a drunk person. They stagger. They slur. They have a hard time standing. They wobble all over the place. In fact, they wobble a lot. Drunk people also sing. They sing out a key, doesn't matter if they've got a voice or they can't sing, they'll just sing along. They don't care, they lose all their inhibitions when they are drunk. Most people, when they are drunk, they forget about all their problems. And they, that's why they drink, I think, just to, get, to forget about their problems. They just want to uh, escape into a world of fantasy. So getting drunk with wine family or liquor is a devil's counterfeit for the real thing. Getting drunk with wine or liquor is a devil's counterfeit for the real thing, which is having the joy of the Lord and being full of the Holy Spirit and what happened to the disciples on the day of Pentecost. So you will see in Acts 2.14, it says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowds. 
Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose, because it's actually early in the morning. It's only nine o'clock. No, this was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, everybody say last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Praise God. Say, God will pour out his spirit on me. And Peter began to preach with great boldness. This is the same man who had no courage when, he, when the, the servant girl came to him. And now he's preaching to 3,000 people boldly with confidence. And 3,000 people got saved that day. Isn't that amazing? Glory to God. A couple of days later, Peter saw a man at the gate, beautiful. And the man said, Peter, have you got any money for me? And Peter said, I don't have any money. I don't have any silver. I don't have any gold. But I do have something for you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The Bible tells us that the man's ankle bones received strength. He walked and he leaped and he praised God. Glory to God. I believe that's going to happen to you tonight. You're going to walk. You're going to leap. You're going to praise God. There's going to strength that's going to come into you. Supernatural strength is going to come into you. Supernatural healing is going to come into your body and strengthen your body. And you'll get up. You'll rise up. You'll walk. You'll praise the Lord. Glory to God. So what happened to Peter? Well, Peter got filled with the Holy Ghost, and then he started demonstrating the power of God through boldness. And tonight, family, I believe that when hands are laid on you, that you're going to be filled with boldness, and you're going to have the power of God come on you so that you can go out and demonstrate the power of God with boldness wherever you live, in the city, in the neighborhood, in the workplace, in your home. You can have the power of God flowing through you, through your hands, healing and delivering people. Peter had such courage now and such confidence and God was able to move in his life and through his life and now Peter was able to make a difference to the people around about him. He now started meeting the needs of people and, and my precious family, God wants you to start meeting the needs of the people around about you. You might say, but Pastor Ben, you know, I don't have confidence, I don't have boldness like you do. Well, tonight's your night, you're going to get a good dose of boldness, you're going to get a good dose of the Holy Ghost, you're going to get a good dose of courage and you're going to get out of here and you're going to start laying hands on the sick and they're going to recover. You're going to cast out devils and they will flee in Jesus' name. You're going to start demonstrating the power of God wherever you are with boldness and confidence because the power of God is going to work in you and through you to make a difference in the lives of people around about you. So God's plan is to use the church to demonstrate his power to the world. Family, God doesn't only want to use B. He doesn't want to use the pastors. We are so limited. He needs the whole body of Christ to be activated by the power of God going out and doing the signs, wonders, and miracles. So you need to get charged up tonight with a good dose of the power of God so you can go out there and the world can glorify God um, because they can see what is done through your hands when you lay hands on them. 
The vision for our church is not only to uh, win souls and to everyone must take their next step and grow, but we need to demonstrate God's power and reach our city, reach our nation. Family, can you imagine? There was only 12 disciples in the upper room and they changed the world around them. There's more than 12 people in the auditorium tonight. We can change our nation. We can change our neighborhoods. We can change the world if we get fired up with the power of God and God wants to use you mightily in this day. We need the power of God to work in our lives. We need people to see us demonstrating the presence of God with signs, wonders, healings, and miracles. And this should be the normal Christian life. The normal Christian life is the man or woman submitted to God, allowing the power of God to flow through them, touching people, healing them, delivering them, setting them free, and preaching to them. I believe one reason that God has brought us together as a church is to stir each other up with God's word and be filled with his word and filled with the power of God. You know, just before Smith Wigglesworth died, he had a vision. And he saw the next coming revival, and we haven't seen it yet, and I believe we will see it. I believe we're going to hear the beginning of it, and, and I prophesy that we are having a revival in our church, in our nation, in South Africa. I declare South Africa shall be saved. I declare for uh, signs, wonders, and miracles. I declare corruption is brought down to naught in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit of corruption in the name of Jesus. We release fire on it in the name of Jesus. Corruption dies in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, for the angels of God to encamp around everybody who belongs to Christian Family Church and protect them in all their ways. No evil will befall you. Neither shall any plague, sickness, stray bullets come now your dwelling in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're going to walk in the power of God. We're going to declare it. We're going to decree it. And we will see God in action through us when we declare the word of God. So Smith Wigglesworth had a vision. And this is what he said. I see it. He said, I see a revival coming to the planet Earth as never before. There will be untold multitudes who will be saved. No man will say so many and so many because no man will be able to count those who come to Jesus Christ. I see it. The dead will be raised. The arthritic healed. The cancer will be healed. No disease will be able to stand before God's people. And it will spread all over the world. It will spread all over the world. It will be a worldwide thrust of God's power and a thrust of God's anointing. I believe we are going to operate in that power. In this church, we're going to operate in that power. We are going to see revival. We're going to see God's hand move in our lives. We're going to be here, and we're going to operate in the next move of God. I believe it. I'm ready for it. How about you? Before Kenneth Hagin died, he had a vision. And in part, it goes like this. He said, there's another wave coming. He said, I want you to get ready for it. It isn't just coming because God said it's coming. He said, we're going to have to enter a deeper realm of prayer and give birth to that which God wants us to do. I believe, family, as born-again Christians, I believe in, as part of this church, the more we submit ourselves to praying in the Holy Ghost, 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 we're going to birth revival. We're going to birth the power of God. We're going to birth the move of God. 
We're going to birth revival in our nation when we pray in the Holy Ghost. So we're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we'll give impetus to the next move of God. I'm ready for the next move of God. And so he carries on and says there's so much more that God wants to do for his people. But he can't do it. He can't do what he wants to do unless Christians forget their petty differences and come into unity. When we all come into unity and we don't care if we're assemblies of God, church of God, Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian, but we're the body of Christ, we can move forward in unity. We have the power of God abiding on us. You know, it's so important, family, to walk in unity. It's so important to walk in unity. You know, Apostle Thea and I, we had, um, in the church in San Antonio, we had a, a group of people who were really discontented and they, they were talking badly and they were negative and, and we had to pray them out. I had to pray them out. I prayed them out. I prayed them out. And I knew that God could not birth a revival in that church because there was negativity. There was backbiting. There was strife. When there's strife, there's every evil work of the devil. But you know what, family? Listen, when we are in unity, listen to this, then the Spirit of God can come into the church and He will abide on us. He he won't leave us because when we're in unity, the Spirit of God will come down in power and in glory and He'll abide on us and supernatural things will take place in our lives. Glory to God. And so then Kenneth Hagin said this. He said, the next wave is about to burst upon us in all its glory and everyone of us should be determined not to miss it. I am determined not to miss the next wave of God. And then he said, oh yes, we've seen the Holy Spirit in limited fashions. He said, but a wave is coming that is going to bring great power, power to a higher level in a far greater measure than we've ever seen before. Amen. And I believe we're going to see that in this church. We're going to see the next move of God. We're going to see the next wave of God. We're going to see the next outpouring of God's power like we've never seen before. And we're going to cooperate with, the, with God. We're going to step up our prayer life. How many of you say, I'm going to step up my prayer life? I'm going to step up my prayer life. Because you know, when you pray, the supernatural happens. Oh, my precious family, if we get the, the, if we get the understanding, we should pray. If we know the urgency of the hour, we will spend our time and pray. But God will do supernatural things in our lives when we pray. So we're going to move. Uh, we're going to move in to the supernatural. We're going to walk in signs, wonders, miracles. You are going to walk in signs, wonders, miracles. I will walk in signs, wonders. We together are going to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles because we are the church. Hallelujah. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us so people can be saved and see God in action. Oh, my precious family. Let's get a revelation that people are dying out there. They need us. The, the harvests are, are ready for us to go and get them, love people, bring them in and get them saved. But we cannot do it on our own. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. You know, Moses came to a point in his life where he said to God in Exodus 33:18, he said, And Moses said, I beseech you, show me your glory. 
And Moses is asking God with urgency. He said, beseech you, God, show me your glory. Beseech means to show me, means to exhibit, means to manifest, means to make known. He said, manifest your presence. Moses learned that he could not accomplish what God had called him to do without the manifest presence of God. We cannot accomplish what God has called us to do without the manifest presence of God on our lives. And so Moses said in Exodus 33 verse 15, Pastor Bev's translation, and it says, if you're present, I say, if you're present doesn't go with us, I'm not going. If your present doesn't go with me, I'm not going. So family, we cannot count on our own abilities, but we have to tap into the supernatural ability of the Holy Spirit. And when we tap into the supernatural, we'll tap into the presence of God. When we come to the realization that we cannot do what God has called us to do without His manifest presence in our lives. We have a destination. The destination is souls, the souls of our neighborhoods, the souls of Johannesburg. And we need to be charged up with the Spirit of God. We need to connect people to God. We need to help people take their next step. We help them to grow in God. Now tonight you say, Pastor Bev, I feel so exhausted. You know, life has just been so difficult. I feel exhausted. I feel run down. I feel like I've got no gas in my tank. Well, tonight I'm going to lay hands on you and you're going to receive the power of God and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you're going to have a turnaround in your life. You're going to have a, a miracle in your life. Your life is going to turn around and you're going to go forward into the destiny that God has called you to go in Jesus' name. Those of you who believe before breakthrough tonight, we're going to stand in agreement. We're going to have a breakthrough. We are going to break through, family. Whatever you're believing God for tonight, it's breakthrough time. If you're sick, we're going to lay hands on you, and the power of God is going to come in you, and the presence of God is going to fill you, and you will be healed in Jesus' name. Just like Peter said, I don't have any money. I don't have any silver or gold. I'm not confessing I don't have any money, but I don't have any silver or gold. But what I do have, family, tonight we have the name of Jesus. And tonight we're going to lay hands on you. And you're going to walk and you're going to leap and you're going to praise God. We're going to have our breakthrough. The power of the Spirit of God is going to manifest His presence tonight. You will receive your miracle. Your turnaround is here. Get expectant. God wants to flow in your life. Change your circumstance. Tonight is your night of victory. Glory to God. Tonight is your night of boldness. Tonight is your night of fresh anointing on your life. Tonight is a night you can walk in a greater dimension of God's glory for your life. Tonight is your night. So if you're wanting a turnaround, if you want a breakthrough, if you want a fresh touch of God, if you want the power of God, I want you to start lining up because God has anointed my hands and I'm going to lay hands on you and God's going to touch you in a greater measure and God is going to meet your needs and if you're sick, you're going to be healed. And I'm going to pray one prayer. God knows what you need and God is going to meet it because tonight is the night of the Holy Spirit. We're going to give Him room. We're going to say, Holy Spirit, come. Move, Holy Spirit. Tonight there's a night where God can manifest himself. It's not about me. I can do nothing, but I have the name of Jesus and he can do everything. It's God. It's your night tonight. It's your night of change. It's your night of miracles. It's your night of, of turnaround. So we're going to make one. I'm going to pray. Father, tonight, as I lay hands on your people, 
You know what they need. If they sick, Father, when I lay hands on them, they shall recover in Jesus' name. We rebuke sickness in the name of Jesus. We come on, leave the bodies in Jesus' name. Father, we speak to discouragement. We speak to anxiety. We speak to concern and worry. We command her to go in the name of Jesus. Father, come and as I lay hands your people, those who need a fresh touch of the power of God, let her fall, let her fall, let her fall on them like the reign of God, the supernatural power of God. And Father, I thank you for refreshing your people tonight. I thank you for giving them boldness. I thank you as I lay hands on them. They will go out and they will touch the world. Father, with signs, wonders, and miracles they will operate in the supernatural for tonight is a night in jesus name thank you for joining us during this episode of living life with dr theo and bev fulmerans we hope that through this inspired teaching you had an encounter with god if you enjoy the teaching ministry of apostle theo and dr bev fulmerans and would like to enjoy more resources we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our american listeners www.christianfamilychurchsa.com